Welcome everyone. This is Letty Medina, this week's host of Healing the Whole Person. And I have in the studio with me a good friend of mine, Deacon Keith Strom. And I have been trying to get this man on the radio <laughs> for over a year to talk about uh, his experience in healing ministry, his own personal witness of experiencing God's healing grace. So welcome, Deacon Keith. Thank you so much, Letty. Actually, it's amazing to be here. I know our schedule's just never quite synced up, so I'm very glad to be here now. And it's on the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, yeah, which is God, right? so beautiful. Um, so welcome, welcome. Uh, so I was privileged to be able to hear Deacon Keith share his own personal story about, you know, some of his early childhood years, uh, his years in college when he kind of went astray from the Lord. And it was a really powerful story. Uh, it touched my heart deeply when I heard him share that uh, at the end of a retreat. And so I I would kind of like to start, wait, why don't we start first, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do right now, and okay. then we'll go into some of your history. Sure, sure. So uh, I am a deacon here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. I, I am assigned to a parish in Niles slash Park Ridge, Our Lady of Ransom, just a, a, a wonderful pastor, Father Matt Pazowski there. Um, and also I have a ministry where I just go and, and I used to, at least before the pandemic, travel all over the world, mostly North America, and really work with, with dioceses and parishes and helping them transform their communities into uh, kind of mission-focused, um, disciple-focused communities. Yeah, and that's kind of, so I got to know you through the work you do at the seminary, because I was taking a, a lay leadership uh, to your program and you came and gave some classes some talks to us and yeah a, a lot of the work that I do in the ministry now is really equipping mostly laymen and women but also um, my brother deacons and and priests in, in really how to evangelize the principles of not only one-on-one -on -one evangelization but parish renewal okay yeah and so you know I just want to affirm that you know he's he's working for the Lord in a mighty way he's a, a dear friend of mine and um, I say this to embarrass him a little bit I mean he's very he has the gift of evangelization he has the gift of preaching and he has such a love for the Lord and so when he speaks about the Lord it really it's powerful so um, thank you for the work you do well, uh, thank you for just inviting me here on the show yeah so. no it's a joy to have you um, so why don't we start with a, a little bit of background about your childhood yeah well I mean I grew up in Long Island um, I've worked really hard to get rid of my accent, although it comes out sometimes when I'm tired. Um, I think I still say, like, I, I put spoons in the kitchen drawer, um, or, you know, maybe I, I might be thirsty and have some water. But other than that, I try to get rid of that. Um, uh, I, I grew up in a very culturally Catholic family. Um, we didn't go to Mass. They didn't. My parents didn't go to Mass regularly. Okay. But when I, as I got older, like 9, 10, they sort of made me go to Mass regularly because we only lived like a block away from the, <laughs> the parish. So, um, but I grew up um, with, uh, with a disability. I'm, I grew up uh, without a, a, a right hand. So it's um, a congenital uh, amputation, they called it. And so um, I always knew that I was different, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of walking walking around the, the, the town where I grew up, you know, people would look, or kids, you know, are famous for that, you know, look, mom, look at the kid with the broken arm. Yeah. And that happened quite a bit. And so I was really getting self-conscious even at a very early age. And sure. I remember just asking my mom, like, 
what's wrong with me? And and she said, you know, God just made you different. And, yeah. th- and that was enough for me at, you know, whatever it is, four or five years old. So that kind of worked. But there was always in the back of my mind that something was different. Yeah, absolutely. And when you hear thing, people asking questions and making you feel like you don't quite fit in, that can, you, you know, leave some wounds in your heart or questions. Right? Yeah, definitely questions. And I remember when I was about seven, our parish had a... Um, a feast or whatever you want to call it, a festival. I think they called it the, the feast. It was what it was called. Um, I grew up in a very Italian neighborhood in Long Island, so there's lots of great food, and they had rides, and I wanted to go on one ride, a bounce house. And I remember when I was like waiting online, but by the time it was my turn, when the person running the ride um, got to me, he looked at me and he said, well, you can't come on the ride. Uh, and so because I was wearing a prosthetic arm, and yes. so he was afraid that I, you know I damaged the ride. So that set me, uh, you know, really uh, back. And then I said, I can take it off. It's on a harness. It's no problem. Uh, and when I did that, then he then he said to me, Well, you still can't come on the ride because I'm afraid you'll scare the other children. Oh my gosh! So that was the moment at seven seven and a half where I knew two things one my mother had lied to me oh. right because God didn't make me different he had made me broken yeah. yeah right and and two that there was something that was horrifying about myself something that was frightening and I took those things this really dark place opened up in my heart and kids are kids so growing up in, in grade school and junior high especially it just I got made fun of all the time and, and I was just filled with anger anger at my parents uh, anger at God and most especially anger at myself I really hated myself growing up. Yeah. And then, you know, we have this spiritual realm all around us with the enemy of our souls who's trying to convince us that all these lies are true. True. Right? And so that certainly doesn't help. No, and I bought into that kind of hook, line, and sinker. And Even in high school, I remember um, I would go to bed two, three in the morning, I'd wake up because this dark place inside of me, right when I was around 11 or 12 years old, started to speak to me. And so, like, I would hear, I would hear it say things uh, that that kind of knocked me out of my sleep, and and I would uh, I would kind of cry into my pillow. I didn't want to wake my parents. I didn't want them to know how, you know, kind of what a hot mess I was, you know, growing up. And exteriorly, everything was fine. I was getting good grades in school. I was in leadership and all my you know extracurricular activities. And so, if you looked at my life, you'd probably go, well, this you know, here's a young man who's growing into a sense of himself, but. No, I would just hear, I was hearing things like, you know, nobody, you know, nobody will ever love you, Ugh. right? God made you, God made you broken. Even God doesn't love you. Oh, of course. Uh, nobody would ever miss you. You know, why don't you kill yourself? Like yep. just over and over again. And that was the, the message, the repetition of lies that I really just kind of wound deeply into my personality. Oh, so sad. And, and I'm sure that some of our listeners that are hearing your story can relate, right? Because when... Something that painful is said to you, right? The, the wound of or the lie that you're going to frighten other kids because yep. you don't have this hand, that, um, that really goes deep as a cut in, into our heart and soul. It yeah. really does. And, and it became, a, you know, even though it's a lie, it became a truth for me, right? It was like a stronghold of the enemy just sitting yep. there. So anytime something good would happen, anytime I might feel and have an experience of love, or, or an experience of closeness to God, there was this voice that just kind of from this dark place inside of me that just spoke the lie, and it just pushed that love away. Yeah, and I think what I want to emphasize, um, and our, what I want our listeners to understand is the word you use, the hook, right? Mm-hmm. The hook for the enemy. So, you know, it, it, Deacon Keith and I work in healing ministry, and 
you know, we see how the enemy works against people, right? And there are almost always areas of woundedness in people's hearts that allow a stronghold for the enemy to grab onto because when you're wounded, you're much more likely to believe the lie of the enemy yep. than if you're healthy and whole in God's grace, right? Yep, and, and, I, and I think, you know, um, in, uh, for many people, there are strongholds, right? And I always, uh, I kind of identify a stronghold as any area of your life that seems to resist the grace of God, right? If it's a, if it's a place that you're constantly coming back to in confession or you're struggling with in your spiritual life and you just can't seem to get free, chances are that there's a stronghold there and that the enemy has, has some hold and right at the center of that is some lie. Exactly. Right? Yeah. No, I think that's beautiful uh, wisdom to share with the listeners. Um, okay, so you, you're getting through high school kind yep. of with this facade that everything's okay on the yep. outside, but inside you're feeling very broken and dark. Yep. Well, well, where did you go from there? I stayed, I did my first year of college at home, and then pretty quickly my parents and I came to the conclusion, mutual conclusion, that it would be a good idea for me to go away to college. <laughs> um, I was getting on their I nerves, they were getting on my <laughs> nerves, right? It was time. Uh, for my 18th birthday, my mom got me a, a set of luggage. So that was, the, that, was the, that literally <laughs> was the, yeah. So, which is great, you know, and I love my parents. And so I, and so I went away to, with all my friends that I grew up with to the State University of New York at Buffalo. Okay. So I went there, and my friends were not the most academically focused people. <laughs> okay. And so that kind, of, that kind of led to a lot of drinking, like happens often in college. Of course. But what I discovered was that when I drank, this dark place inside of me shut up. I didn't have to deal with it. And so that's what I started to do regularly. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered that pretty soon it took more and more alcohol to, to quiet this dark place. And so, uh, I mean, it was at a point at, at some times where I was drinking whole bottles of, of like alcohol just to numb this stuff down oh. uh, before I even, before we even went out anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and so that led to um, just a lot of very painful moments. Uh, and you would think that at, you know, I think there was a couple times where I woke up in a hallway in a part of the campus that I'd never been to before, blacked out. Didn't and know. Yeah. And you would think like, uh, if that happened once or twice, like you'd learn your lesson, but that was just a, it was just a constant thing for me in college, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, a very common scenario for people who are wounded, uh, we, we, we tend to try to self-medicate, right? Yep. We try to escape the pain yep. by finding ways uh, to numb the pain. And whether it's cutting yourself or drinking or drugs or other addictions, outlets that kind of take your mind away from the pain. Right. And that's what leads people into even greater darkness, greater chains of addiction or um, not being able to break free of those habits. No, I, I agree. And... and you know, for for me, that as the other pieces, I was a good Catholic boy, right? I mean, I yeah, like I went to an all boys Catholic school. I had a very intellectual foundation for my faith, and so I went to mass like during uh, in college every weekend, right? I, I would often go to the vigil mass on Saturday so that I could kind of get drunk. Uh, Saturday night and then not have to wake up on Sunday. That was Sunday. very responsible. Of well, <laughs> I, I mean, I knew Catholics did a few things and one of them was go to Mass. Now, exactly. I knew th all the theology around the Mass, but what the Mass had to do with my relationship with Jesus or, or even my, you know, eternal salvation, uh, outside of a theoretical viewpoint, I had no idea. Uh, and so there were a couple times when I was really disgusted with myself that that I would cry out to God and say, you know, I can't live like this in, in college. And I didn't, wouldn't hear anything. Yeah. 
And and it largely, it's not that God wasn't speaking to me. It's just that I had no, I didn't even know what his voice sounded like. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, so how did how did things begin to change? I mean, what what kind of grace entered your life to help you to kind of redirect your path? Yeah, I'm, so it's kind of funny. I mean, I would say. <laughs> How did things begin to change? It was a girl. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, God uses everything. Right? He does. Even infatuation. I went to graduate school uh, because I'd finished undergrad with like a 3.8 grade point average. I'm a good student. I don't learn much, but I'm a, go- <laughs> I'm a good student. So I thought college was so much fun. Let's just go to graduate school. So I was going for my master's in English literature. And I had to go to the Newman Center at the, uh, at the graduate school that I was going to. Uh, because I needed the mass schedule because I had to plan my drinking around the mass schedule pretty much. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's when I encountered this this young woman um, and uh, she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life up to that point. Like she sure. took my breath away. Yeah. Uh, and so she was sitting down when I walked in, she got up and started walking over to me, which didn't often happen in college, right? <laughs> I, I didn't have a lot of game as they call it, right? Uh, and so uh, I kind of freaked out, but she introduced herself uh, and she asked me if I was Catholic. I said, yeah, I'm just here for the mass schedule. And she said, okay, here. And then she invited me to a prayer group. She said, there's a couple of, of us that get together on Sunday evenings for you know a prayer meeting. Would you like to come? And I honestly, and you know, uh, some, I just kind of, I'm very honest in my thought process. <laughs> I don't always say this, but I thought to myself, like, I I have way better things to do in my life than to hang out with a bunch of Catholic losers, right? <laughs> that have no social life, that just want to sit around on a Sunday evening in a circle and sing Kumbaya, right? Yep. I, like, I would rather stick a fork in my eye than do that. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, but man, I mean, she was beautiful. Uh huh. And there was this weird smell. I always, in telling the story, I remember this. There was this weird smell of strawberries. It was like, like <laughs> it, it wafted off of her like incense, right? And it was intoxicating. <laughs> so inside, I'm going, I, no, I don't want to hang out with you catholic losers but my response was oh will you be there <laughs> and she said yeah i come all the time i'm like i guess i'll see you and so oh wow yeah i don't i didn't god knew to go. god knew you well enough exactly. that he exactly knew what kind of hook to use to get you yep. to come and i fought it the whole week but i went to this this prayer meeting and it freaked me out honestly because it's the first time i had ever really been around people who prayed um uh, in a way that was physical, right? They were raising their hands in the air. They were, they were, um, you know, praying in the spirit. All these different, and I thought that they were crazy. Oh wow! Right? I literally thought that they were crazy. And so, uh, I at the end of the prayer meeting, I kind of ran out. Uh, <laughs> I like they didn't even finish the men of Amen, and I was gone. Yeah. But Heidi caught up to me, and and she said, "What did you think?" Right? And wow. I thought, "Oh, like I thought you guys were nuts, right? I think right. you guys all need medication, but." again there was the smell of strawberries so <laughs> i kind of wanted to date her and so i just said oh i thought it was interesting okay and so she inv- and by interesting i meant horrific honestly weird, weird. I did. weird <laughs> unsettling uh but she invited me back and i just really wanted to get to know her more so i just kept coming wow isn't that amazing yeah do, do you i mean does she have any idea how what a, an incredible oh, role yeah. she played for in sure okay. for sure in fact and about Eight years ago now, maybe ten years ago, um, I got met up with that group of people again, oh, and how um, beautiful. and just had the opportunity to just share that. I mean, she kind of knew going through it, but even in that moment, so 
it, yeah, it's great. And they really, I mean, uh, in the later part of the story, after I really had an encounter with the Lord, they really discipled me, this group of people. Isn't so that beautiful? Right. And I, you know, I just want the listeners to hear, hear this piece of it, right? Which is, she invited you. Yep. A personal invitation yep. can make such a difference. Yep. Even for someone like you who had yep. pretty much uh, your opinion made up that this was the last place on the earth you'd want to sure. be. For sure. And yet that personal invitation and the smell of strawberries yes, right. <laughs> um, yes. helped get, get you through that I door. Mean, I think I wouldn't have done it if it was in the parish bulletin, right? If it was in the Newman Center bulletin or it was even a, an announcement, right? right? I wouldn't have gone because I just that's not for me. Yeah. Right. But here was a real person who was very interesting, who invited me, and I, you know, I said, Such a beautiful thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you were freaked out, but she followed you and tried to get you to kind of come back. What happened next? Well, I mean, mean, not much, except I kept coming to this meeting and experiencing these weird people, Um, but then I would drink, so I would drink like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and, and Saturday night sometimes, and then I'd dry out on Sunday, do my work, and then I'd go to the prayer meeting. Wow. Uh, probably it took about a m- maybe eight prayer meetings in. In uh, w- every meeting, they have an intercessory prayer time, so you could pray for whatever you wanted. And I just felt moved to pray for people who were caught in the cycle of addiction, right? And I wasn't praying for myself. I was praying for my family members, right? Because yes. we have, a, and my family has a long line of alcoholics, right? We, okay. do, we do really well with alcohol in my family until we don't. Do and well. then we just <laughs> kind of fall right off a cliff. Oh no! So I was praying for them, uh, but I, in that moment, I felt these like it's just strangest experience. I felt these two hands on my head. Wow! I had my eyes closed and I opened them because I didn't want any of these weird people touching me. Right. right. I was like, you know, get away from me. Right. But there was nobody there, and I knew in that moment, like God was speaking to my spirit. Like yes. I couldn't understand what was being said, but something was happening, and I felt this experience of of peace. Um, and so uh, the prayer meeting was still going on, right, as this was happening. And, and from that moment, it was like God and I were in a battle for my worldview. Because I didn't believe any of this supernatural stuff was even real. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I thought everything was a symbol, right? I mean, even the Eucharist, I just, I knew what the church taught, but I was just like, yeah, but it's it's not real, real. Jesus, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and so I had no framework for this. And then God was just showing me, you know, time and time again, you don't think I work that way, boom. Let me what, show you. Yeah, what about this? And I honestly thought I was going crazy. I was about to go <laughs> set up time for a counselor. I had made an appointment to go oh see my. a counselor and to see about medication. Wow. Because I just thought this is too nuts. Yeah. Um, and that's when uh, and that's when this young woman invited me to a, a healing mass. Oh, how right? beautiful. And, and that's where everything broke open for me. Okay. For sure. So, I, I w- again, I want to emphasize a few things. So, um, you're kind of feeling like you're losing it because yep. you're you're experiencing things that you don't understand. You think maybe you're you're kind of getting a little bit off your rocker. Yep. And I and I really believe that some of the people that are probably listening in right now have maybe experienced something similar um, because they have the same framework you had at that time, right? right? Where they've never seen the power of God or felt the Spirit alive in their own prayer life or whatever and so i just hope and pray that if you are one of those people who feels a bit anxious about anything a little too demonstrative or too powerful no god is amazing god wants to bring healing and he wants to reveal his love to his people in beautiful ways i mean that for me that god was always distant he was a concept 
Right. And so in this time in my life, God was actually demonstrating and showing me how intimate and close he was and how real he was and how much he cared for me. And it honestly freaked me out because I was like, <laughs> I was like that's, that You're can't be real. You're a little too close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't be real. Uh, isn't right? that amazing? What a gift, though, that he started to really yep. pour his love into you yep. in a way that you could feel. Okay, so you go to this healing service. Yes. I just remember this. The people were sitting in there. And, um, you know, after the, after the mass was um, finished, the pastor, the, the priest invited people to come forward to receive prayer for healing. And I remember, <laughs> I remember watching people go forward. We were sitting in the back. I told Heidi I'd come, but I'm a good Catholic, so I'm going to sit in the back pew. <laughs> and if it gets weird, I'm leaving. Yep. Uh, and people come forward to, for prayer, and, and at, he would lay his hands on them, and then they would fall over. And I would just, I was rolling my eyes in the back. I was right. like, this is so fake he's pushing them over they're yes. obviously unbalanced because their eyes are closed uh-huh. right i was like this is garbage right but there was something in my spirit that said go uh. right because see when this priest prayed the prayers of the mass and when he broke open the readings in the homily it's like my heart was set on fire there oh. was something there and so i i went forward and i had this weird experience of walking through water like, I don't know if you've ever had any, if you've done any exercise in a pool where you just feel that resistance. Yeah. Well, I got up and I started to walk out to the main aisle of this kind of country church uh, in upstate New York. And uh, I, just, I felt like I was walking through water and I got halfway up the aisle and that experience of walking through water stopped. And now there was a wind that was blowing down the center of the aisle, the center aisle of the church so hard that it was actually pushing me backwards. Oh my and, and I was like, Mm-mm, you're not making me like these crazy people, Lord. And I, I like hunched over <laughs> and I walked forward. And I always joke and say that the people in those front pews must have looked at me and said, oh, look at that poor young man. I hope the Lord heals his back. Because I was literally <laughs> hunched over. Oh my God. Because I didn't want any part of you know what was happening. It just didn't make sense. And I wasn't going to give in. But you were compelled to keep moving forward. I was forward. compelled to keep moving forward, right? Isn't this that is, amazing? This is the tug of war that I was at in at my life. Where it, uh, God's calling me forward. My spirit wants to come forward. And then there's a big part of me that's like, no, that's weird. That's strange. Yeah. Right? And, then the, and then the accusing voice, right? No, that's not real. He couldn't love you. He doesn't exactly. love you. And then this priest, I don't know, he, he didn't even touch me. He put his hands like six inches from my head. And I don't even remember what he prayed. Uh, but in that moment, like when I looked into his eyes, it was like the eyes of love. Ah. <sighs> And then I was just surrounded by the love of God. It was like God threw his arms around me. And then I fell to the floor. Like I was, the next thing I know, I'm on the floor. Yeah. And I can't move. Like mm-hmm. I've got, a, it's like God has a million fingertips slightly pressed on my body. Yes. And I just can't move. And b- right before I start to freak out, this peace just comes over me. And I hear a voice, not outside my body, internally, but it was not my own voice. I'd lived with my own voice for like <laughs> 23 years at that point. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never forget the words, just like I'll never forget what that, um, you know, what the person running the ride in when I was seven years old, the, those words, you're going to scare the other children. I'll yeah. never forget that phrase. I'll never forget what the Lord said to me in that moment, which was, you know, my child be at peace. I am with you always. <laughs> and and I knew in that moment that any time I had suffered in my life, any time I had suffered because of my disability or other people's uh, inability to accept my disability or other people's brokenness, any time I had suffered, that God had suffered with me, that the Lord Jesus was, was right there in the midst of it. And that shifted and changed everything for me. It was like it was like this dark place inside of my heart filled up with the the love and the light of God. It was amazing. And I was on my friend said I was on the ground for like 45 minutes. Like God was like doing deep Working. surgery. Yeah. Uh, and then I got up 
and I felt like I weighed a million pounds and I stumbled to the back pew where I was sitting and I just wept for another 45 minutes and as I was doing that I just heard the voice of the Lord say over and over again right you are my beloved son I have created your heart for me and me alone I have never abandoned you I will never abandon you you're mine and it was this it was just really God in a sense reparenting me and restoring to me a sense of my own identity um, and who I was in him and that changed everything for me that those that those moments which i'm so grateful for and will never forget unbelievable gift unbelievable gift and so again for for anybody who's listening in who is perhaps struggling with your own woundedness your own doubts or uh, struggles with poor self-esteem whatever it is addictions uh, any kind of uh, suffering in your life you know realize that there is a God who loves you beyond your wildest dreams, who claims you as a beloved child, and who wants to restore your life. And yet we put roadblocks, just like Deacon Keith did, right? He put roadblocks at first, and yet the Lord fought through them by sending this beautiful girl with strawberry smell and like and she was persistent right her invitation and these people loved him back to the lord and back to fullness of life in the lord and so again what i want to urge people to just really pray about is don't allow fear of the unknown of something you've never experienced to keep you from stepping forward if there is an opportunity uh, for a healing service or some other deeper spiritual encounter Mm -hmm. through people that you trust Um, because God works in amazing ways, brothers and sisters. I mean, and Deacon Keith is a a living example of that. I mean, that's the, you know, for me, it was having that community of people for whom this was all normal. Yes. And who lived this out in an and authentic in, in way. In an authentic way. And that, for me, I trusted them, and therefore I was willing to come forward, and, and then God did just did these this, these things. And, and what the Lord did in my own life is what I share with people. He wants to do in the lives of every single Everyone. one of his, of his children. I mean, it may not look exactly the same way, but we all have, I call it the junk room of the heart, right? Yeah. I mean, I've got a 1,000 square foot townhome <laughs> <laughs> where we used to live with, like, my, my, my wife, my daughter, and two Siberian huskies, right? Oh, the, my God. The huskies aren't there anymore. Um, but we have this place where we shove all the stuff we don't want to deal with. Yes. Right? Those, like when it gets messy in our house, we shove everything in one room. Yep. And we, we kind of throw all the stuff we don't know how to deal with or we're embarrassed about or we're, we're wounded over, and we just shove it in this place, and then we cover the door, and we just want to bl- gloss over it. But God wants to go to that place first. That's the first place he wants to go in relationship Amen. With us. Amen. Do not let fear stop you from opening that junk drawer <laughs> to the Lord. Um, don't go away. We're going to a commercial break, but there's more on the other side of the break. Uh, Deacon Keith is going to share a little bit about his work in healing ministry and how you know the lies of the enemy, again, really try to keep us back from all the beauty that God wants to give us. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person.
Hi, this is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore, wishing the fullness of God's blessings upon all those who will soon be receiving the sacrament for the first time. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information, including a virtual tour, is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-NAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina with Healing the Whole Person, and I'm here with Deacon Keith Strom, and he's been sharing uh, his own personal witness of how God brought an incredible amount of healing into his young life as a, a graduate student, yes. um, and how uh, community played a real role in that. Um, and I think, you know, maybe, why don't we get into a little bit about how the Lord then kind of called you into healing ministry in a way, and how that happened, because I don't even know that part of your story. Yeah, things got <laughs> things got even stranger after that moment, um, uh, and, and, it, and it was this way. People would just sort of come to me, uh, and they would say, hey, I need prayer for this, or this happened in, in my life, can you pray for me? Like, I didn't even, I, I, I had no, pl- I wasn't like, I didn't set out a shingle saying, I'll pray for you if you've got physical issues, or you've, uh-huh. like, that wasn't that, that anything. And then just people, the Lord was just directing people to me. How beautiful. Um, and then the other pieces, you know, you, sometimes the Lord will, will kind of be really clear about what people needed healing for yes. and that would early on in particular because I'm dense uh, <laughs> the, early on the Lord would have to like slap me in the face and say hey this this is from me and you need to pray for this so I would sometimes people would come forward and if they had an issue like it physically uh, the part of a part of my body um, where their issue was located so if they had a problem in their shoulder my shoulder would like vibrate okay it's a very strange way yep yep and I was like, well, how, let's pray for your shoulder. And they'd be like, how did you know, right? So <laughs> so early on, that was like, the, the Lord was like really, and, and now Teaching it's, you. yeah, now it's a lot more subtle. Okay. Um, but people just started coming and I, I never, I, I, I never knew what was happening. And sometimes early on in particular, nobody, as Catholics sometimes, we don't follow up with each. So we ask for prayer and then we never tell somebody, hey, when you prayed, this amazing thing happened. Exactly. Right. And so yeah. I had no idea what God was doing, but um, but He was He was at work, and so I didn't think about it much. Um, uh, I was finishing up my degree, um, and then I did a year of um, kind of volunteer service with the School Sisters of Notre Dame in Milwaukee, um, and then after that, I started working in the corporate world and still very active in in parish life and in my church in youth ministry in particular. Okay, and that's where the that's where the Lord was really directing uh, my energy and and even in praying with people and working with young people who are really trying to figure themselves out and walking with their own wounds. Yes, so yes. that's really where that kind of developed. And you know what's so beautiful about that, and I've seen this in many people's lives um, that. When we go through an experience of our own, you know, whether it's a, a woundedness and a, an experience of healing, um, 
a struggle with addiction that we're able to get get out of with God's grace, that then the Lord uses those experiences, right? Because we've lived it, yep. and we've experienced the grace of God, and He wants to then use that to yes. help others who struggle with similar or related. It's, it's things. beautiful, right? It's it's like the the area that you have been freed from. God seems to give particular authority to you, uh, you know, in and Amen. That's been a blessing. There's one a Christian speaker who said this. He says you can. <laughs> Um, you you only have authority over those storms you can sleep through. So, in other words, you know that storm when Jesus is on the boat <laughs> and there's a big storm and the disciples come to him, wake him up, and say, "Hey, we're going to die." Yes. Right? And <laughs> Jesus is totally calm, <laughs> right? right? It, so, just that when when you have been set free in an area of life, right, then you seem to have particular authority. Yes. Uh, over that dysfunction or that issue in in other people's lives as they come to you for prayer. So, that's just a beautiful way, and they can and you can identify. See, for me, it's about identifying with people. Um, you know, uh, at first it was a lot of physical issues that people came to me for, but then really um, there it was a lot of inner healing. There's a lot of people who had similar issues with the accusatory voice or self-hate, and that really began to develop as time uh, yes. as time has, has kind of gone on for yeah. sure. Um, so again, I know that you wrote a book. The ten, what is it? The ten biggest lies of the enemy and how to combat them. And how to com- so again, that's a that's related to healing. Yes, right. Absolutely. Because if we don't recognize how real the enemy is and how he works against us, yes. we will never be able to find the healing and freedom that we are seeking in the Lord. No, and I think I mean I want to pull it back even 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 wider because this this idea of salvation, right? Not idea. This reality of salvation. Um, the word that is used in Greek, sozo, which is uh, which is where we get the words like soteriology, which is a theological term about relating to how we are saved, it actually means more than just being saved. It means being healed, okay, being delivered, being protected, Beautiful. right, bring, bring being integrated, and so um, Pope Benedict. Uh, said the 16th said this is very beautiful. He says, at, understood at its at a sufficiently deep level, healing contains the entire content of redemption. So, wow. in other words, Jesus came to heal, to heal the cosmos, to heal the human person, to call us back into relationship with the Father. So, it's really everything about the spiritual life is about restoration and renewal. Exactly. Right. It's dying to self. Right. So that the the um, uh, so that we can be free to live as we were created to be, which is whole. We, we weren't made for illness, right? We weren't made for, for death, in a sense, right? In, yes. in a very real sense, we were made for eternal life. And so, and so this process of, of growing in holiness is growing in interior freedom. It's growing in, uh, in, in integration of the person. So it really is about healing, right? I don't, it, 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 and, and that's why Jesus spent a lot of his time doing it. Amen. Right? Yes, exactly. He showed us what he was calling us to live out in our own walk. Um, so, again, many people who are deeply wounded have, they build up walls, right? Yeah. For they, they can't seek healing of their own free will because yeah. they're just too broken yeah. or afraid. Um, what would you tell the listeners if they have loved ones who are suffering in that way? I mean, first and foremost, pray for them. I yeah. know that's the... You know, it's almost like the it's the pat answer. Yeah, but like th- just pray works, for them, but, but it works. But honestly, um, and and pray in a very very directed way, intentional, right? Yeah, Th- and that you know, and a beautiful prayer to pray. Like if someone's dealing with a sense of like they don't really love themselves and they feel like they're, you know, because th- some of the lies of the enemy are. It's really about getting us to believe that we've somehow we are 
right um what we have done wrong or what has been done to us right right and so that god couldn't love us and so a beautiful prayer to pray for somebody is to is to ask the lord so that they would have the grace to see themselves as the lord sees them yes right uh and so i think that's the first thing i think the second thing is is you have to really love them you have to really be present to them and you have to try to speak the truth into their life um whenever possible and um and in a way that is uplifting and not in a way that is um, scolding or, right. and we can get frustrated. Judgmental. With, you know, judgmental. I get right. frustrated with, and this is in the healing ministry, you, you're walking with people who are really wounded and you just, like, come on, just get this, right? Right. right just God like, really loves God you. God really loves you. Just, you know. <laughs> Accept it. Right. And and so we have to recognize that, that people are going to, it's really their healing is between God and, and them. Yes. Right. And we are accompanying them. And so we have to be willing to just be present. Um, and speak the truth uh, in love to them. Um, and there are in the book, uh, The Ten Biggest Lies of the Enemy, there is like a, like, like really, here's the lie, and then here's the truth. Here's the truth as it's revealed in Scripture. Exactly. Right? And then, um, and, and really, then there has to be a kind of place of renunciation. Yes. You have to get to the point where you renounce the lie or you, rena- when you renounce whatever it is, right? Uh, if something happened to you when you were younger and you just don't feel safe, Right, um, you know, just renouncing the lie that you know maybe it's the world is out to get me, right? Or, right. or I will never ever be safe unless I stay in complete control. Whatever that lie is, just renouncing it, offering it to the Lord, and then trying to find a spiritual practice that can that can um, kind of form new muscles, right? For for this identity that we have, um, you know, if I always say that if if someone has the difficulty with control. One of the spiritual, um, in a sense, exercises you can do is is look for areas in your life where you have to ask for help, yes. and then and then basically commit to asking for that help and just jot it down in a book. Right, this week I asked for help here, <laughs> right, and just and make it a regular practice. That's beautiful. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, so you are you are often called in to pray for healing even now today, even yes. in very informal ways. I, I remember that from being at the lay leadership, you know, oh, and, yes. and afterwards you'd say, hey, you know, let's let's pray together. And it's a, and I've seen God work through you in those right. moments. So Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that's the thing. That, uh, God's healing doesn't have to be a, a formal, you know, like, oh, we're going to have a healing mass or a healing prayer time. I mean, that obviously that's beautiful. Yes. Right, but it should flow out of just everyday relationships, right? You Somebody said this, because I, I think healing, obviously, since it, in, it contains the entire content of redemption, healing and evangelization go hand in hand. So yes. anytime you proclaim the gospel, right, there's an opportunity Truth. for healing. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so somebody said this, that the Great Commission, they could summarize the Great Commission, you know, go out and make disciples, uh, is simply this, you've been with God, now go be with people, mm. right? And so, uh, and so I'm always, att- I, I not always, I should say, I try to always be attentive yes. to what the Lord is asking in that moment when I, when I meet somebody or we're talking to a friend or a stranger, like, okay, Lord, what do you have, right, for this person? What, and, and it's amazing to me how often the Lord will, uh, will just kind of um, give me a nudge or be even more explicit or the person will come forward. Yes. You know, I mean, I've had the opportunity to pray with people for healing on airplanes, right? Just, you know, they're like, they're having a difficult time. It's clear they're having a difficult time. I say, hey, is everything okay? And then we start talking. And the next thing you know, I'm like, all right, I guess we're, you know, I guess we're praying, right? And I love those situations. This is, of course, pre-pandemic. 
where you know I love flying because uh, someone who's sitting next to me is trapped 36,000 feet in the air uh, with me and the Holy Spirit. So uh, I just kind of <laughs> love those opportunities. I know, I know. You know who else said that recently is Michelle Schaefer. Oh. She's like, I love airplane trips. They're trapped with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the heart of a true evangelist yep. right there. Um, I know of another story that you shared that was a very powerful witness to God's desire to heal his people. And it was a, it was a, a flight that you took, I believe, to Texas. And then the Lord revealed to you, you were, gonna, you were looking forward to a certain kind of <laughs> Texas food that you were going to oh, yeah. And then the I'm, Lord sends you to some restaurant and you're like, what? Yeah, I'm very motivated by food. <laughs> um, I, I was praying. I was going to do an, an, an event for a, a parish staff. And uh, my friend hired me, and he said, you know, we'll go get some authentic Tex-Mex food. And I thought, this is going to be amazing. And all the way over, I'm like praying the liturgy of the hours, and I'm drooling because <laughs> I can't wait for this food. But then in that prayer, God's very clear. He wanted us to go to a very particular place. He wanted us to go to Chili's, believe it or not, of all <laughs> things. And, and, and I know that sounds strange, right, when you think about that, but that was very clear. And so I said to, I said to my friend, Kurt, I was like, all right, Kurt, I think we got to go to Chili's. He goes, well, which one? <laughs> and I go, I have no idea. So we're going to go to the nearest one, and we're going to leave yeah. the rest up to God. Yes. And we had the opportunity. There was a, Our server had um, a, a torn meniscus in her knee, although she didn't reveal that until much later. Um, and as she was coming in and serving us, right, uh, the Lord just kept dropping these kind of things about her life, and I was supposed to share them, and just bit by bit, uh, <laughs> like the Lord overwhelmed her, you know, <sighs> and, and then basically, you know, she revealed the problem with her knee, and I said, well, can we pray for your knee? And she's like, I guess so, right? <laughs> and I thought she would, because she probably wanted a good tip, so she was going to roll with it. <laughs> and so I said, after dinner, we'll pray. She goes, okay. And then my friend Kurt's freaking out, right, because he's a good Catholic. He's like, we don't. What are you doing? <laughs> we don't pray over people. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's happening here? So we waited till the dinner was over, and then we prayed with this young woman, and and you know God healed her knee. Like there was this, we prayed over her knee, and the way I was formed to pray for people is very direct, right? Just you know, if it was a knee, like we just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we command all dysfunction in the knee to be healed you know, in Jesus' name, and thank you, Father, for this new knee, right? I mean, it's a very simple yeah. kind of prayer. We're not commanding God to heal. We're commanding the thing that needs to be healed to be healed in the name of Jesus. Power of Jesus, and yeah. Yeah, and so, and we, and all of a sudden there was this, like, sound, like this cracking sound, like if you've ever been to a chiropractor and you've had your neck cracked, Yes, that was that sound, and her kneecap shifted underneath our, our hands, and she freaked out. She's like, am I healed? I'm like, I really don't know, like, stand up. <laughs> um, and the Lord really brought healing to completely healed. Not only did he heal the meniscus in her knee, apparently, but he had stabilized the kneecap and stabilized the entire knee. All the muscles were just in balance the way they needed to be. Beautiful. But the Lord wasn't done with her. You see, that's the thing, right? She <laughs> had kind of fallen away from her faith. She was raised as an evangelical. She went away to college and she had fallen away from her faith. And so we just said to her, you know, what the Lord did to your knee, he wants to do for your whole life if Amen. you'll let him. And, and then we just asked her if she wanted to surrender her life to the Lord, and she said yes. And I was like, I'm Catholic. I'm like, I have no idea what to do now. <laughs> um, but we, we just led her in that prayer of surrender, and then we encouraged her to either go back to the, the community where she was raised, right, um, or to come to, like, St. Anne's in Capel, Texas, and we'd be there all week, and, you know, we'd yep. love to see her there. So uh, that was an unusual that, – that what that was an unusual movement of God, but right. I, that has happened more often right. since that moment, since I was really open to letting the Lord work that way. And, and I think, again, I want to em emphasize that for the listeners, that every single person 
God creates, God also gives gifts too, yes. right? Every one of us have, has gifts to build up the kingdom. And maybe you haven't discovered what your gifts are. You know, maybe it's not healing, maybe it's evangelization, or maybe it's hospitality, or maybe it's, you know, administration. There's so many gifts that God gives, but they can all be blessings to the body of Christ and to the church and to your own life. Because when you start living out the giftedness that he gives you, you start feeling fulfilled in that role that he's called you to. Absolutely. And you start manifesting fruit above and beyond what you would normally be able to do. Exactly. Right? And and so that that woman might have needed people with, you know, maybe particular gifts and maybe particular willingness to look like an idiot in public. Um, but now she needs men and women of wisdom, right? She had a very broken relationship with her father who had been addicted to drugs like mm-hmm. almost her whole life. Her father was like off drugs and now trying to reestablish relationship and she didn't know what to do. So she needed men and women of wisdom to walk alongside of her. She needed teachers who yes. could root her in the truth. She needed people who would pray with her and for her. She needed the Christian community. So I think you're right. Giftedness is certainly essential. And the other thing to recognize is that all of us, all of the baptized have authority that we've been given in our baptism. Yes. And so if the body of Christ would learn how to pray in a in a very direct way, yes. I think we would see God move in a more manifestly supernatural way. Not every time, right? right. Whenever I pray with somebody, this is what I say, because the, the wrong question to ask is, did God heal me, right? If you're right. praying with someone, right? Because we know that wherever God is present, or makes himself present, healing occurs. Yes. So the the wrong question to ask is, did God heal me? The right question to ask is, what in my life has in this moment been brought to healing? Yes. Right? That's the. I think that's the deeper question. So not everyone is going to be physically healed in that moment of praying, yes. right? But we know that if anyone has any sort of openness to the Lord, right, he's going to do something. Exactly. Some, sometimes God changes our hearts. And that changes our experience of suffering. With me, I, I was knocked down in this country <laughs> church, and I got up. I was still missing a hand, <laughs> right. right? But my whole experience of living with a disability changed in 45 minutes. Amen. Right? Um, sometimes he brings healing to, th- to the suffering, and that changes the heart, and sometimes he does both. Exactly. Right? So if we can have confidence in the goodness of God, in the, in the power of the gospel, and in, th- in our identity as sons and daughters of God, that we have real authority and we can pray in a real way that God is going to move. And if we discover our spiritual gifts on top of that, then we know in the particular ways and then we can have confidence. Yes. Oh, this is the way that God seems to use me. So I'm next time I'm presented with this opportunity, I'm going to jump in like there's a server in a Chili's that needs, you know, prayer. Let's do it right there. Yes. So beautiful. And it and it's so um, holistic, right? That God God draws us into wholeness within a community of people who will walk with us towards yes. the kingdom so we can live in peace and joy. Not every day, right? We still have bad days, yep. but with the grace of God, we'll get through the storms and we will continue to know we are the daughter or the son of God who loves us in ways beyond our understanding and that we're moving to something so fantastic. I really like the way you put that because that's, I mean, that's really the truth. We, we, we have an identity and that means that we can experience peace in the midst of the storm. Exactly. Right? That's that the, the great saints could experience peace in the midst of great suffering. Yes. It doesn't mean they didn't have suffering. Right. Right. But it means that they were more and more set free to, uh, to be present to that suffering and to be present 
with Jesus in that suffering. Allowing him to help them through those difficult times. You know, you've given us so much to think about, Deacon Keith, and, um, you know, we have a little over three minutes left uh, in the show, but, you know, I think, again, a couple things to emphasize. Um, You were resistant. A lot of us are resistant. We're afraid. We're afraid. We're we're afraid to even be vulnerable about the truth of where we're hurting because we think it's so dark and so ugly we don't want to share that with anybody, least of all God, right? right? Because it's so scary for us to be honest about it. Um, so we're urging you, uh, both Deacon Keith and I yes. have received tremendous healing in our lives through God's mercy, um, through other people who loved us and prayed for us. Um, don't sit in your brokenness. <laughs> don't sit there. Come to the Lord. Come and spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Get to know people in your church. There are people like Deacon Keith who have the gift of healing all over this country, all over the world. He's not unique in this. There are many, many people God has raised up to be involved in healing ministry, to work with you if you have addictions, to give you hope in the midst of a difficult marriage. Whatever your struggle is, there is an answer in Jesus Christ, our Lord, right? I mean, that's. I mean, if I, if I, the, kind of what I'm feeling like I, I should say in this moment is that no matter what it is that you are going through, no matter what you've been through, what your history has been, you're not the sum total of your your faults, failures, and sins, or what other people have right. done to you, and that you matter to the Lord, that you so matter, that, that He has created you for a purpose, right? And that purpose is to receive His love. And to, and to share his love. And so if you're feeling like you're alone, if you're feeling like you don't matter, if you're feeling like the things that you've experienced or done in your life would kind of invalidate um, your ability to, to be loved, right? Just know that Jesus went to the cross, right? And Jesus' death on the cross and his, his rising from the dead and his ascension to heaven has more power than the things that we have been afflicted with in this life. And, that, and that God was broken in Jesus Christ so that we could be made whole and he, the Lord wants you in this time and in this place listening to this um, this broadcast right now to know his love and that he has created the universe so that you would experience his love amen yeah. oh I love that and we have less than a minute to go but can you just um, end us with a, a simple prayer yeah just sure. a simple prayer Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for your goodness, for calling us into healing and wholeness. And we ask, Lord, that whatever it is that we are keeping in that junk room of the heart, whatever the obstacles in our life, Lord, that you might set us free, that your Holy Spirit might come and fill us with new life, and we might know that we are loved and that you are the one who loves us. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Thank Deacon Thank you for Keith. having me. Such a delight to be with you and to just hear your passion and love for the Lord and to share your beautiful story with the listeners. God bless you. Thanks. been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 
88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Thank you.